0: the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing and productive dead week. Today's podcast is being hosted by your two favorite co-hosts, Rachel Loya and Karis Franks. Um, We're two first-year students here at the College of Architecture. Um, You may be wondering where Quinn McFadden is this week, and he could not join us due to some thesis projects, so we are hosting this on his behalf. We're also joined
1: today by a very special guest,
2: Chip Stanley is here. <laughs> that is, that, that, that's me. I've been at the college for oh, a little over 15 years, teaching students how to draw.
0: He's one of the best, so yeah. it that's doesn't cool. get much better than this.
2: You're very generous. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's kind of you. Thank you.
1: Alright, so if I remember correctly, you don't really have like a huge background in architecture, like you Mm. weren't an architect didn't study architecture, so how did you end up at the College of Architecture? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. I I was just talking with um, a former graduate teaching assistant about this today over coffee. Um, So my background is in fine art um, and drawing and painting has been a part of my own personal (coughs) practice for, for years. Um, and so I graduated with a, a Master's in Fine Arts in 2005 and started teaching in 2006 and it went like this. The Chair of Architecture at the time was Mark Hoystad, and he called me up one day in January and said, hey. I hear you can draw and you know how to teach. Are you interested in giving that a try at the College of Architecture? I was like, ah, that sounds interesting. Let's uh, tell me more about it. And he's like, well, it starts tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, Because the person who was designated to teach it um, was not able to do so. And so we were already one day into the semester. And I kind of jumped in, just landed both feet and started... uh, started teaching uh didn't even have a, a, a syllabus at the time and, and so it was kind of baptism by fire <laughs>
1: you started winging it
2: uh, yeah yeah but I'd, I'd had a lot of teaching background before in in omaha i taught at uh, jocelyn art museum metro art council Bemis center for the contemporary arts which is really where i got my start teaching um so i was taking a drawing class at the Bemis center in the community education program, and the instructor saw what I was doing and was really interested in the way I was handling critiques in the class, and she said, you know, you draw better than me, why don't you teach this class? I was like, okay, let's do this. So I just kind of snowballed from there, and I went back and got a degree, and <coughs> here I am. Love it.
0: Hey, you're still here, so I, you're doing something. That's yeah. it, right?
2: Something, something worked.
0: Yeah. Alright, so, as you know, most of the drawings that we do now are all online, digital, through computer programs that do literally everything for you. Yeah. Why do you think it's still important for people to learn how to draw? on paper.
2: Oh that's such a that's a that's a great question. It's a question for the ages. Like periodically it seems like every other year someone will say drawing is dead or, or, or painting is dead in, in light of what you're saying the, the the new technologies. I think the pencil allows you to connect with what you're doing and thinking in a very different way. So the the decision making process is, is different. Um, And there's no better way to, I think, communicate with with a client. So if you're my clients and you have ideas and I show you something on the computer and it's all polished and beautiful and perfect, there's no room for your idea and your input really because it's a a concrete document. It looks finished. But if I listen to what you're saying, sketch something and, and pass you a page then uh, it's open, it's open to input, it's open to ideas and it's quick too because in in the time it takes me to render something and then show it to you, the moment's gone. And so I can very quickly get input and feedback immediately Um, or or, or even, even a whiteboard sketch, right? So you could project something on the whiteboard, trace it, uh, and then go from there with your hand, even. And so there's there's all kinds of hybrid moments in, in these in-between spaces of drawing. Um, but ultimately, the pencil is a way to see what's there and to communicate about what you're thinking in a very immediate way, uh, and I love it.
0: You know, kind of going off of that, we had an architectural tour of this firm in the Haymarket. And I was honestly kind of surprised to see that, like, near the desk, they had, like, hand drawings on trace paper. And it was honestly kind of cool to see that they're still sticking with, like, doing things by hand instead of just doing everything online and through computer programming.
1: Yeah, that was really cool to see. I noticed that, too. I was like, that's awesome, because I really like the drawing portion of it. Like, I've always liked drawing, thought that's cool, so I'm glad that that's not, like, completely gone. I also feel like yeah. it's quicker in the sense of, like, it doesn't... You can't be as much of a perfectionist when you're drawing. Right. So I'm, when I'm, like, doing a computer program, if I'm on, like, Photoshop or something, yeah. I can just control Z, like, 80 times until right. I get, like, the perfect line or the perfect shape. But when I'm drawing, I'm just like, well, it is what it is. And, like, whatever I draw, I mean, I can erase to a certain extent, but it, yeah. I don't have to waste as much time just, like, going over it again and again, getting everything, like exact
2: yeah and, and that's so good and the so if if your idea starts with a photo and then goes right to photoshop and then goes into some other computer aided design it, it's depriving you of the experience of, of possibly seeing what's there and and so when you attempt to draw what you see it becomes embedded in a different part of your your mind i think uh, there's a there's a there's a connection there, um, and also uh, if you're in charge of the pencil in a like in, in a small in a, in a small group setting, uh, uh, and all the players are at the table, if you're running the pencil, it's possible that you're also running the meeting. Right? You're listening. You're saying, "Is this what you mean?" And if you're the person who can. Uh, do a good job of summarizing the moment at the table with your pencil that gives you cred this happened on a personal level when my wife and I were redesigning our kitchen um, you know we do, we, we do everything together um, and, and it's funny after 20 years of marriage um uh, doing projects together I think keep a marriage alive you know it's, it's, it's been great that way it's almost therapeutic when you, when you do projects together but we didn't always agree on things but because I was able to <laughs> run the pencil that gave me a little bit more clout and it's like is this what you mean and it's like oh yeah I guess so and then so you know, like then I, I was able to visualize it right there and, and, and show what my idea was whereas she is verbalizing her idea and so uh, if you're the boss of the pencil that might give you a leg up in, in terms of the input of the design in a group setting, yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like it also kind of gives you like a source of like flexibility mm. or almost mm-hmm. new ideas because sometimes if you see like, the lines that you tried erasing, like, sometimes you can, like, bring those back and then incorporate them into, like, new ideas, which is not something that you get in computer programming, mm. just because you can hit Control-Z and then you just don't have to see that again. Right. Yeah. I think...
2: <laughs> Control-Z, is that, is that, like, another t-shirt? That's great. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah that, definitely well, put that
2: well, in that's the other thing, is, like, uh, is there... Uh, is there a function on the computer for serendipity and like <laughs> a, like happy mistakes? Like so if like maybe that's maybe that's the next level of, of computer aided design. Because when you're drawing and it's not perfect, you might end up thinking of something you hadn't even occurred to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the drawings I was doing a couple weeks ago, I like I definitely did not draw it like, the way it was supposed to. I definitely yeah. like messed up one of the measurements of the perspective and it was not what it was supposed to do, but I thought it looked better than what I'd originally like planned to draw and it ended up being like improving the drawing. Yes. So I feel like that's really cool because if I'd done that on a computer, I'd have just been like, no, back, back, back.
2: Yeah, it's like, gone, it's gone, right? Take but,
1: it away, I gotta do yeah. it right.
2: Yeah, well, so this is like, uh, generally speaking, it, it, it's, the, it's the process. Right? And, and if, if the process involves something else doing some of the thinking and seeing for you, taking the, the element of surprise and mistake out of it. Um, yeah, I love that. Like, I love seeing students make mistakes. I love the mistakes. Right? Like, that's how we learn and that's, that's how new ideas come to us, I think.
0: Mistakes are basically the creativity of drawing.
2: Yeah, yeah, right? The, the mistakes and iterations um, mm-hmm. going through it. Well, John Cage, the famous um, musical composer, talks about how there are no mistakes. It's just making, right? You're just you're just doing it.
1: What is it, like the Bob Ross, like, no mistakes, just happy accidents? Yes, or? happy
2: accidents and squirrels. Yeah, <laughs> that's, <awesome. laughs> yes. that's an important part of it, too, I think. More squirrels.
1: <laughs> so what is your favorite part about teaching, um, drawing, or teaching in the College of Architecture?
2: Oh my gosh, my favorite thing is seeing a student go from being afraid of drawing and believing that they can't do it to actually seeing and proving to themselves that they can do it. And that's, that's what I like in the beginning is because we do these the intake drawings, right? Like right. benchmark drawings. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's you with your skills right now. And then we do some things. And all it takes is just a little bit of a way of thinking about it or an approach or a technique. And then all of a sudden, it's magical, and and I think students are inspired by that. Like I can actually do this, and I didn't think I could. I love, I love that. And I also love that uh, teaching gives, uh, it gives me a, a lifestyle where I get time with my family because my wife is also a teacher, right? And, and so, and so we have summers, um, which is which is wonderful. So
1: yeah, that would be nice.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good fit. My mother was a what was a teacher? She taught for, oh, I think, 35 years before she retired and became an administrator. Um, so I come from a teaching family, married into a teaching family, so we got we got teaching in the blood, I think.
0: It just runs in the
1: family.
2: Yeah, it is, right? It's like, could have been a carpenter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you—oh, go ahead. No, oh you. no! When, <laughs> when you like went to school, you obviously studied fine art. Did you think yeah. that you were gonna go into teaching? Like, did you envision hmm. like going to fine art school and then in the end <laughs> ending up teaching, or did you have did you picture like actually going into something else with
2: fine art? That's a fun question that takes me way back. So when I was your age, um, uh, my my first year of undergraduate studies. I thought I was going to study Russian and politics and be a diplomat. And then I realized that <laughs> Russian is a very different language. <laughs> and it just took one semester to realize that I'm not heading in that direction. Uh, but my undergraduate degree is in history and political science. Oh, cool. Um, and and really my emphasis in school was the study of inequality, and, and, and so I'm kind of steeped in the in, in the history of um, civil rights movement and, um, and, and and issues of poverty uh, in America specifically, um, which ended up preparing me to to think critically about the world, I think, and uh, and, and and to get specifically involved very much in the community, and so. I went back to art school. I was working as a community organizer, um, Nebraskans for Peace. I I worked on political campaigns um, and I was very much involved in trying to help people that were less fortunate uh, and and that motivated me for many many years. Turns out I was trying to save the world uh, and that I couldn't do it. and this is this is like the transition Like so all along I'm trying to help people it's intense it's varying levels of success um, but art and drawing was always there as a release because although I could not control the world in the way I wanted it to be I could control what I'm doing with my brush or my pencil that was me and no one could take that away like you, I don't care if you didn't like what I was doing I liked what I was doing right and so that was fulfilling And it just kind of, it it sort of snowballed from there, and I saw a way to continue to have a a positive impact on people's lives through teaching instead of um, politics.
0: That's cool. All right, so kind of throwing it back to the first episode of this new season, (laughs) we would like to know, where did design power come from? Is Mm. there, like, an origin story
2: for the phrase? Oh, yeah, so... um, well, design power was something that uh, began out of this sense of, of, of justice, um, kind of harkening back to when I first started undergraduate school and, and, and all of my studies of this and, and trying to change, trying to change the world. And so design is another way to change the world. Um... So what was it? Two summers ago. When did when did COVID land? How long have we been doing it was this COVID business? It's, too like, two, it's like two years. Right? Yeah. It's two March twenty twenty, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so So in March, we all go home and start doing remotely here at the university and you're probably in high school going with masks. We're doing yeah. did you go remotely? We went full remote you that full year, remote. yeah.
0: We went back with
2: masks. You went back with masks. Yep. And so everybody's trying to figure it out. At the same time that summer Um, Black Lives Matter movement is is everywhere and my family um, was very much involved in that. And and so um, the raised fist and the image of the raised fist Mm -hmm. as as, as a moment of power has been around for a long time. And and I was very much steeped in this this image as we were participating in marches. And uh, it just kind of landed one day on Zoom. (laughs) Um, it was just kind of a way to sign off, um, a moment of solidarity, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was feeling that. And, and, and so it kind of started with everyone at the end of the Zoom <laughs> raising their fist, one, two, three, design power, and we all said it. And, and, and so if, if, you, if you unpack that a little bit, um, the power of design is strong, right? Like it's everywhere. Um, and you can see uh, the power of bad design, <laughs> right? Like that. That also yeah. has an effect. Yeah. And and so in, in the beginning stages, I'm thinking, uh, you know, design design power is well. To what is power? What is design? And and power really, um, at its most basic level, is the ability to act, right? So, can you act in a way? that serves your best interest. And, and so that's, that's individual empowerment, right? Can, can you act in a way that, that, that serves your needs? Uh, some people aren't able to do that and others are. Um, there's also maybe an argument to be made that the more financial resources you have, the more ability you have to do certain things, um, whether it's time because you don't have to put 75% of your income into rent. Uh, these kinds of things and so um, so there's there, there's the there, there's the power to act in your own behalf and then once you have that there's there's the power to act in the behalf on behalf of others and design strategies to solve a problem right so so uh, so, so design as a, as a, as a problem-solving methodology um, also gives us that power so you put it all together and like when you graduate and get that degree and you're working for a firm or you own your own firm, um, do you need to design another skyscraper? Or do we need to figure out how to house everyone? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, or, or do we need to figure out how to um, filter water so that you can drink it or just provide light to Communities that have no electricity. There's all kinds of little examples of design power percolating around the world, um, and, and you can see it in in, in big strokes and, and small strokes. So, I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, it, I think did. it did. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, what do you think about design power? Well, I, that, I feel like you were talking
1: about like saving the world earlier, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I was trying yeah. to save the world. And I feel like design power. Yeah. Like, that's that's basically. Like, the way you described it, that's basically a way to save the world, in a way.
2: We're counting on you now to do that.
1: <sighs> we got it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. We, got it. I feel we
0: might. We yeah. might not save the world, but we'll try.
2: That's good. That's it. Right there.
1: Boom. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you obviously you went to school for art, and you still make art. You were showing us some of your your sketches <laughs> and your drawings the other day in drawing class. But what's one of your favorite works of art that you've made, and why?
2: Mm. So I've been more interested in collaborative art um, and and music, and trying to connect the mark of a pencil or a drawing tool with the sound of music, and so. There's an acoustic quality to the surface that you're drawing on. Um, I wonder if we can, if we can, if you can hear this right here. I'm not sure if that translates.
1: I think it does. Yeah.
2: So, so charcoal versus pencil versus paint all makes a different sound on the surface. And so, my the, my favorite thing that I've done recently is a collaboration with my oldest son. Um, it's the, the sound of drawing, and I used some contact microphones to, uh, to amplify the drawing surface. So it's a little microphone that you plug into an amplifier, and then when you draw, it's just the same effect as plugging your guitar into an amplifier. Um, you can tweak the sound, you can manipulate and compose different, different sounds. But it's based on the rhythm of drawing um, and that has been an endless supply of, uh, of, of, of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: sound like it would be pretty cool. I never. A little really thought about concert. how it sounds before.
2: yeah there was a we, we had a there was there was a ted talk uh, a couple years ago at uh, was it a couple of, gosh time yeah i guess it is two years ago right i'm just like still stuck in the the pandemic world uh, a couple years ago at the lead center they had a local ted talk and i was running a little um demo in a workshop uh for that where people were able to um kind of step up to the um, the electric drawing board that I created and, and, and try it themselves. And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. There was like, all kinds of ahas. like, I didn't know I could do this with, with a certain tool or a certain sound. And, and, and so you add a looper pedal to that, and, uh, <laughs> and, right? And so it's like, like, just like the sound of a And then you and they just keep looping that and then you keep layering on top of it. And it turns out sound and music are very much like painting because it, it all happens in layers. Right? And, and, yeah. and, and there's this connection between uh, a musical composition and uh, a, a painting and a visual composition. Um, it's about they both have rhythm. Um, they both have the unity and chaos, um, emphasis, all, all, of these, all of these terms cross over um, and I think are applicable. And so that's something I'll continue to, to explore.
0: Well, if you decide to drop a cool album with
2: some sick remixes, do let
0: us know. We'll give you a feature on the Instagram.
2: That's great. I need some some background sketchers. (laughs) Right? Yeah, (laughs) there you (laughs) go. Everybody has their own electric drawing board.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When you play, I play the pencil. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) All right.
0: Um, What is one of your favorite things to teach in drawing?
2: Hmm. Oh goodness, that's a curious one. Also, um, well, generally speaking, broadly, I, I I love it when I'm able to teach students that that drawing from observation really is about a way of seeing something for what it is, and that once you start to draw you end up seeing more than you thought ever existed and, and so you notice more and you and you become more aware. And so if you we talk about that abstractly as a concept we go out and we draw. It begins to happen, but sometimes students will come back to me like the following semester or the following year, and it's like, oh, my God, I was on a walk, and I noticed there was this nest between two buildings that were crammed together, and I'd never seen it before. And then they start thinking about in-between spaces. And so they, they go from like drawing as a way to see more accurately, more deeply what's there, and then when, that's, and then when that gets applied to... The, the way you, you approach anything I think that's that's pretty amazing um, but more specifically uh, just teaching the idea that you can use a pencil to see and cite a size of a thing right and so I think that's like the most radical thing that students come away with possibly is that you don't have to take a photo you can you can estimate very closely what the proportions of a thing are by, by mm-hmm. using a sighting right. tool and measuring. Um. You don't have
1: to bring <laughs> a, a ruler with you everywhere no, you go. Know? Just like yeah. pull out your ruler and try and measure something That's wherever it. you are.
2: That's it. Just like always, keep one behind your ear. Pencil, bring it out. You're ready. That's it. Was there like so? You've taken design drawing so far. You're both doing quite well. Motivated, talented students. Was there was there an assignment so far that you? Uh, felt engaged with, or a, a favorite drawing that you've done.
1: Ooh. Um, I feel like kind of going off of what you were saying about like how drawing can help you to see things. I feel like one of the drawings, I definitely like had an experience like that with one of the mm-hmm. drawings when we did the interior perspective of our call um there was i think it was the corners of the windows i don't think i'd ever looked closely at the corners of the windows but trying to draw them i i feel like i spent like more time on those than anything else on that drawing and i did not know what was going on with the corners of the windows until i tried to start drawing them and i was like there's so much more detail and angles and stuff going on with those like column corners than I'd ever seen before and trying to draw yeah. it. it was when I was like oh that's what's going on there
2: yeah hope you're saying uh, uh, ah
1: yeah yeah um
0: I think so far I think my favorite has been the technical drawings that we did a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. yeah just cause it's like cool to see like what like it w- looks like 2D and then kind of translating it to a point of view and then seeing it in 3D yeah
2: it
0: kind of I don't know. It's cool to see how like the
1: perspective changes and like you can kind of see it kind of come to life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Looking at the final drawing of those was pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like the actual drawing process itself mm-hmm. I was like completely lost until the very end when I saw the building. Like I think as I was drawing it, I was like, yeah. There's so many lines, I don't know what's going on. But right. like when I yeah. stopped, like finished it and sat back, I was like, that is really cool that it Yeah this ended up being the building
0: yeah it's funny you say that though because i feel like even though i was kind of lost in the beginning when we first started them Mm -hmm. i was like when when i was doing them i like understood where all the lines went and why they went where they went Mm. even though i didn't know what i was doing i was like (laughs) well that makes sense that it would go there so i'm just gonna make it go there whether it goes there or not yeah
2: yeah well it it honors me that you trust the process. Um, it, it, that, that's exciting because it, like, trying something you've never done, there there could be some anxiety because you haven't done it. Like, am I going to do this right? Am I going to fail? And then you take a leap of faith. You trust that your professors are going to hook you up with the right <laughs> ideas and yeah. things. It's like, like that, that's amazing to me. Like, you, you trust us, and, and we trust you. Um, and and then magical things happen, and, and so you take that leap of faith in a in, in a new um, it, in a new technique, and then you see the result, and it all kind of works. Yeah, that's great. I've uh, well, you know, my my background in, in painting and in, in drawing and fine art we don't do like typically you're not doing technical drawing and fine yeah. art, and, and so. I had to do, that. so uh, one other thing that I love about teaching is that I'm always learning something. If I'm not, and I'm bored, then you're going to be bored. Um, but I had to learn how to to do those drawings, too, um, and I went through it, and I took the leap of faith, right, and, and uh, my, my friend and colleague Tom Logging taught me how to do all of this, right, and so he, you know, he, I think he... I think he graduated in the 70s. <laughs> you know, I, was, I think I was four years old when he, when he graduated, right? And so uh, good, old, good old Thomas uh, kept hand drawing alive here for a long time. And, um, and, uh, and I'm very grateful he was able to pass the torch to me. And, um, and well, and if, you, and if you look at these drawings on the wall, I mean, I know it's a podcast, and I'm actually going to see something visually. <laughs> Uh, but you can see how sketchy it is, right? I mean, his his hand is loose. Yeah. In in, in these moments of, uh, of of diagramming, and, um, uh, and you're so you're seeing the diagram of a of the Eiffel Tower and the sections um, and, and the way it looks from below, from above, from all sides, and that is one of the thing that was common in, in fine art. Like at some point, when you're doing observational drawing, you're always trying to you know you're trying to see everything from all angles potentially. Um, and, and we do that in design and architecture, too. Um, it, you know, to really communicate your idea for a, a, a larger concept or a program, you it takes multiple drawings um, to, to truly let others see what you're seeing.
1: Well, do you have any words of advice for future drawing students, people that might be taking it in the near future?
2: Mm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's had this already. He prepared these. No, like there, there, there's just so much. I, I think. Uh, I think the beginning is to 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 take to to overcome your fear of failure. Fear of failure is crippling, um, and mistakes can be uplifting. <laughs> like just like the, the rallying cry of make more mistakes, can <laughs> <laughs> we make some mistakes today? Let's go. It's loud, right? And and so to, to not worry and um, I, I think so. This is that there's possibly a generational edge to this answer to your question because I've been doing it long. and I, I started teaching before smartphones were really a thing, and before there was a YouTube video on every possible function in the world to show you how to do something. And, it, it, and you YouTube might be different, and, and forgive me if I'm making assumptions about, like, the way people are coming up these days, but it seems like, you know, my kids, if they wanted to know how to do something, you just search it, right? YouTube yeah, right. t- tells, yeah. you- you t- tells you how to do everything. And, and so what that, the effect that could potentially have is that students are less willing to try something on their own and completely fail and learn from their own yeah. mistakes, yeah, right? So, so there's a so I think there's a greater fear of not getting it right, potentially because of this. Is that is I can that, see that sound that. weird? I can, is I that, can, no, I
1: can, I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah.
0: That makes
2: sense, yeah. Well, well, so a lot of students will come and they're like, "Tell me what to do, show me how to do it," when really one of the bigger benefits of attempting a drawing or to communicate your idea is to engage that process and learn on your own terms and to trust that that's okay. And so that's, trust the process of drawing, trust that mistakes are important. Um, and, and and that's probably advice number one. Advice number two is to just like chill out. <laughs> <laughs> really, really, really. like. Uh, our, our, our oldest son was the kid in high school who had the 4.3-something grade point average, top five in the class, and he got to college, and he's just like, you know, Dad, I missed out on other things that were probably more important, like, rather than staying up all night to memorize every single term for my AP history test, which is just teaching me how to take a test and nothing else. I could have been playing my cello or I could have been having coffee with my friends or something. And so I guess this is just like work-life balance, which is something you figure out. Um, But honestly, uh, when you graduate, nobody is gonna give a damn whether you got an A-minus or a B-plus. You're gonna get a job because of who you are because of what you know, and and whether, and it's, does this person like you? Are you likable, right? Like how about that for like, we don't train you on that, right, you you gotta figure that out on your own. You can be the most knowledgeable person in the world and no one likes you, it's not gonna be much good. So there's other, so there's so much more than just getting an A. And when a student comes and says, what do I need to do to get an A? I just, like, I have to take a breath. <laughs> tell me what I need to do so that I can get an A. It's like, oh my goodness. We're not here to get A's, we're here to learn. i tell you to do Say, make some mistakes and then they freak out like, oh, no
1: Anyway,
2: <laughs> like, hey, I, 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 if I you make it. mistakes, the hunger goes higher. That's yeah. it. Like a complete, just flip the whole concept on its head a little bit.
0: Right. The more mistakes, the higher the grade. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's the rubric. <laughs> how many mistakes were made and how many of them were
0: correct
2: <laughs> without us yeah. doing anything about it? Yeah.
0: Um. I think some other advice would be. Hmm don't constrict yourself on your creativity and just kind of Mm. let whatever happens, happens and go off of that. Yeah. Because I feel like at the beginning, I definitely was like very much following what the instructions on the assignment said, kind of trying to stick to those and kind of restricting myself to just what the words on that page said. Whereas now I'm emailing Chip asking if I can add color, even though he keeps telling me to keep it black and white. But
1: I we think, will keep pushing. Now I think we made it, right? We, we did. I think, did. I think we have color from this one. We have on color. You
2: wore me down. You have one graduation. time. Oh, okay.
0: One assignment. That's all I needed. Yeah. My yeah. gratification is complete. No, I made
2: good. it. That, no, that's that's that, that's really great. We were just talking about color. Um, Joseph Sinek and I, who uh, was my TA last semester, and now he's working for a firm in Carney, in where he grew up, which is great, great match, he's loving it. Um, and, well, if, if you're, well, right now, we, we don't focus much on color. Um, and that's probably something we could do a better job of here. Um, I would love to see that when you look around at what's being built in this city right now, and probably, um, well, just just focusing on Lincoln, there's this new synthetic exterior cladding for the buildings, and you can probably do any color you want, but I'm seeing a lot of browns and mauves and and, and, and things in the warmer color family. And then you'll see other buildings where the the color is just garish. It's like (laughs) we're using color because we can use color without really paying attention to how that choice influences the rest of design, and I think color as a point of emphasis um, or as a way to unify something or make you feel a certain way, well, color, just like everything else, has to have a purpose, and and that's why it's complex, because if I put a certain color next to a different color, those two colors both change in the way we perceive them, and you have to learn that to to really understand it, I think. Plus that synthetic stuff is just already falling apart. <laughs> it's, just, it's not going to last. It may be sexy now, but when it fades and, and falls apart, it's it's, it's not going to stand up to the test of time.
0: Chip telling architects what to yes. do would be very mm-hmm.
1: funny to see go down. Yes,
2: yes me with my art degree. <laughs>
1: exactly I could right. see it. No, I think that probably just brings a
2: fresh perspective to
1: it. Right. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. Well, I think that's all we had. Yeah. Anything you'd like to add, Chip? Well,
2: come back to the advice question. All right. So you have come from uh, an experience in high school. Yes. You have transitioned to an experience in college. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for youngsters coming up these days?
0: Hmm. Mm Hmm... That's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> putting us on the
1: spot. Yeah.
2: Well, isn't that what a podcast is about, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, that, I guess we put you on the spot. Yeah, now that's great. We're, nice in too. The, we're that's all fair. in the spot.
1: The, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, feel, like, I, I feel like we covered a lot of yeah. what I would have said too, but mm-hmm. I feel like I would also reiterate, I feel like you both kind of touched on it, but like yeah. not stressing so much about mm-hmm. having it be exactly what you what was sending Simon assignment or even what you envisioned in your head when you like first thought about it like I feel like sometimes I could get cut up and like I have an image of like this is what I want to draw and as I'm drawing it I'm like oh it doesn't look like that the first yeah. thought that I had that yeah, I thought yeah. I wanted to draw but I feel like the advice I would have would just be like let it kind of become what it becomes Mm -hmm. and don't try to force it to be like the first thing that you thought it should be because honestly like it it might not look like what you first thought it would look like but it probably ends up being even better than what your initial idea was so don't let it go the way it goes yeah
0: don't get stuck on the first iteration yeah you're just gonna end up restricting yourself even more Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah 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 that's good advice I like it is that another t-shirt? Don't get stuck on the first one. That's too many. We can words. make
0: that a poster.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think <mean, laughs> the drawing keep room track is. These. We have a lot of t shirts to yeah. make.
2: <laughs> You're gonna be super busy. We can make <laughs> a good
1: on this now. Um, keep in
0: touch, we might have an N Studio Podcast t shirt collection yeah. coming out with all these quotes. We'll see. Quinn. Make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> make it so.
0: <laughs> Anything um, else guys? Not that I can think of. All right. I think this is going to be a wrap to the podcast. Thank you, Chip, for taking time of your very busy day to join us. Thank you for having
2: me. Uh, Anytime. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. You two are doing a great job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Glad we could have you. But we'll see you guys next episode.